welcome to Love in the Air, the podcast that serves up all things tennis. Whether you're a fan of the sport, a seasoned player, or a beginner just starting out, this podcast is just for you. Join us as we explore the ins and outs of the game, from techniques and strategy to the latest news and trends. With expert guests, exciting interviews, and lively discussions, we'll keep you on the edge of your seat and help you take the tennis game to the next level. So grab your racket, tune in, and get ready for some ace content. This is Love in the Air, a tennis podcast. A lighter racket is not necessarily better when it comes to playing high-level tennis. Conventional theories may have some holes in them. And the age-old question, and I still feel like it needs to be addressed, because many of the recreational players think that the way to go and play high-level tennis is just having a lighter racket and a smaller grip. And I know that much has been written about and even addressed in the past, but I'd like to give you my take and shed some light on a specific aspect of the tennis racket. I know that I've discussed the importance of the tennis racket in previous podcasts and the prevention of tennis elbow injury. So I want you to go and hear that back. However, let's just deal with the two parameters that a lot of the experts have challenges with. I have consulted with several people who believe to be the thought leaders in this area, and I'm very pleased to say that some of them got back to me with some ideas. But before going too much further into detail, I should say that almost everyone said that the answer is simple. As Joe's discussing grip size and racket weight, technique, strength, and many other factors also play a role, but they're not as important according to them. However, if we address the concerns in a systematic way, you will see that the research might show that there are other suggestions possible. So hear me out. Now, before addressing this, I would be remiss if I didn't acknowledge the historical and groundbreaking work done for more than 25 years by Dr. Robert Nirschel. He actually developed a method of determining the grip size by measuring the distance from the middle area of the hand to the end of the ring finger. The question must be asked, however, is whether the technique is still valid given improvement to technologies today. So hear me out, please. There's a little question that they all think about racket weight, mass, grip size, was to have lighter racket and smaller grip so you could whip the racket through the stroke. The lighter racket with a low momentum of inertia, a body resistance to the rotation, combined with a smaller grip, supposedly enabled the player to accelerate at a tremendous speed into the impact zone. The question is this, is it true that the racket speed is faster with a lighter racket and a smaller grip, and if so, does one strike the ball more effectively? Then. We and I should be remiss if I didn't ask the following question. Are there any acute or chronic sport medicine implications that might result from using a lighter racket and a smaller grip? Although there are really been no research to examine whether the swing is faster with a lighter racket or a smaller grip, there is recent research in grip size and its effects on the muscle of the forearm. In a study that was published, this was back in July 26, 2006, 
in the issue of the American Journal of Sports Medicine, the writer George Hatch and a team of scientists study 16 colleagues that are level players hitting one-hand backhands with three different grip sizes. Fine wires were inserted into the forearms of the muscles with electromyography and was used to see how the forearm would react and what would happen to it. They found that there's no significant difference in muscle activity between small, recommended, or big grip sizes in any form, like the actual form was tested. Although these findings seem to shoot some theories down, let's be careful and not jump to the gun on this topic yet. I want to continue to discuss the topic practically as it relates to you, the tennis teaching student or professional. A renowned orthopedist named Ben Kibler had this perspective. A racket that is too light will allow more rotation on off-center hits, putting more pronation stress on the forearm, and a smaller grip size will cause too firm of a grip, while a heavier racket will require more strength in the shoulder to get it through the hidden zone. The study noted previously did not look at the effects of the shoulder. However, Dr. Kibler added that it is probably a balance somewhere, and the racket variables, such as those that we discussed, here may not be the primary cause of any sports medicine problems, but can certainly add to the problem and should be considered in the overall treatment program for any arm injuries. Now, Todd Ellenbecker, this is a physical therapist and USDA Sports Science Committee chairman back then, agreed adding that some frames are so light that they lack the mass to defray some of the impact shock and stress that the slightly heavier rackets might provide. All of the experts mentioned, along with Paul Roder, which is the USD Managing Director of Player Development back in the day, and also Scott Raywell, who was another USDA admin, Dr. Gary Windler, who was a member of the ATP Medical Science, gave some very useful tips, and I want to pass them along to you for you to consider when someone is asking about the racket weight, mass, and the grip size, or if you're asking that of yourself if you are a tennis player. First things first. However, tennis arm injuries are not just due to issues with the racket. They can also be caused by poor mechanics like hitting late or leaning with the elbow, limited upper limb strength, and squeezing the grip too hard, even if you don't need to. Everyone noted that choosing a racket is a very difficult decision, involving many factors not even to mention such as the strain type and tension. Playing testing rackets will be huge to help with you what you want to do with your game. Then, regardless of the racket, all players are going to need instruction to adequately work on the stroke technique and timing. Finally, you must prepare your body to play. Scott Raywald liken it to an athlete having joint surgery and being recommended to strengthen the muscles around the joint if time and pain allow to assist in rehab. This straightening prior to surgery is called prehabilitation. Likewise, tennis players should get fit to play tennis. They should get fit for surgery. Now, Dr. Wendler cautions us in some final thoughts about lighter racket in a smaller grip size. We often hear that we should use the heaviest racket that we can 
comfortably manage. Windler commented that there are too many variables involved to confidently make that very general statement. So in summary, and much to my concern, we still don't know that much of the relationship between equipment technology and human body. There's so much more to learn, but my hope is that we continue to delve in questions like this, challenging the best minds both in and outside our game without coming across as a trite. And I reminded everybody and I remind myself of every day that I watched a video that somebody asked Vic Braden and when he was playing tennis college that about the racket selection and he responded by just simply saying this. Most rackets are engineered way beyond our capabilities. Perhaps that's still true today. The challenge is to understand the relationship an engineer and the engineer of our equipment to our bodies. And it's just a way to think about this. I hope you like this episode. I'll see you in the next one. Thank you.